Um, just go to the first chapter of Daniel. I know we keep going back into this. Here, here's the thing. This, we're in a series called Uncommon Honor. Uncommon Honor. And the final week, we're going to be looking at uncommon purity. Uncommon purity. And, um, and that makes me nervous. Amen. It ought to make us all nervous. And so, um, but the Lord has a word to say concerning that. And, um, and this morning, I want to get back into Daniel because I want to look at these, these fellas, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. I want to look at, 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 at Daniel. I want to see these lives that are so uncommon. And I believe today the Lord has um, a word to us that's strong but encouraging. Amen. And um, we live in a world, much like Babylon, that, that sees everything else as that which is spiritual, pursues everything else but God so often, pursues their own um, 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 reliance in their abilities, in their sufficiency, in their commerce. And, um, and we're a part of that world. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. Let me say it one more time. You're in this world, but you're not... You got to get that. We're in this world, but we're not... Yeah, there you go. We live on common lives as Christ followers, and it's okay. Every shout real loud, it's okay. Yeah, it is. It's all right that you live differently. Amen? It's okay that you stand out. It's okay that maybe you don't walk like a neighbor walks or talk like a neighbor talks. It's, everybody shout, it's okay. And so what we see here, it wasn't okay for Babylon. They saw the favor of God upon the Israelites, and they came into Judah. And Judah, I mean, they had ran from the things of God. There was reasons for this exile. They had forgotten the God of their, of their, of their, of their forefathers. And, and so the enemy comes and begins to exile them, and he takes their best, because that's what the enemy does. He always takes the best. He always strives to rob us of what God has placed in us for, for progeny, for, for, for birthing, for, for reproducing. He absolutely loves to take your best. And we see this story in the 6th century BC. We see here yet again the enemy comes and he besieges the, the city of Jerusalem and he begins to lock it down so that things can't come in and things can't come out. Let me say it this way. So supplies and provisions can't come in and the things they have can't go out the enemy would love to lock the church down y'all he would he would love to lock us down to where we miss seeing all the best of God and we don't move in the flow that God has for us and so we can see this but that wasn't enough that besieging happens for a season and I believe here in America right now there is a an attempt to besiege the church all right there's an attempt to surround it and to minimize the influence of the church Okay, and when I say that, I'm not talking about Momentum Church. I'm talking about Big C in America. And the influence of Big C, if we're not careful, will start to diminish because we're under a besieging. Amen? But man, God has a plan. I'm going to talk about that day. Okay, so here's the thing about that. Um, with that, that's not enough. It'll never satisfy the enemy to just encircle us. He'll want to start to take from us. He'll also want to start to pull our best and our resources and all that we have. And so he begins to do that. And he takes these young men and he exiles them to Babylon. He begins to incorporate them into the king's court. And that's where we find our story. And this is a story that shows some of God's faithful few living in Babylon. Living in Babylon, but not living of Babylon. Let's stand to our feet. I want to open the word of God this morning to Daniel chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 5 through 7. We kind of hit on this a few weeks ago, but I want to go back into this. It says the king assigned them a daily portion of food the king, that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. The, 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 the taste 
that he had, the thing that satisfied him, the thing that nourished him, the thing that was fulfilling to him, he wanted to impart that to these young Jewish boys. All right? Would you just please come and have the hunger that I have? Would you just please come and be satisfied with what satisfies my taste? Would you just please come here and let me fatten you up on my supply? Would you just please? And so he brings them into the court and offers them the daily portion. And they were to be educated for three years. And at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah from the tribe of Judah. All three of these, or four of these with Daniel. And the chief of the eunuchs, that's Aphanes. Remember, we learned about him a few weeks ago. Gave them names. To Daniel, he called Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, he called Shadrach. To Mishael, he called Meshach. And to Azariah, he called Abednego. Everybody say Abednego. Abednego. Yeah, it's not Abednego. That's just lazy. You're just being lazy. It's, it's Abednego. Okay, so, so these names... He brought a shift to their names. He was trying to change their names as an attempt by the enemy to cause these men to lose their identity and to rob them of their purpose. And I believe it's the much the same today, right now in society. Amen? Amen. When it comes to us as believers, trying to shift, trying to change a name. Let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you help me, God? Lord God, I want to be strong. I don't want to be mean. I want to be forceful, God, but I want to be faithful to your heart because you're a heart, you have the heart of a father and your heart breaks, Lord. You do speak boldly into us, but it's from that of a father. Would you allow me, Lord, to tap into your, your fatherly heart for my body, this church, the people I get to serve, God? Would you help me, Jesus, in your precious name? Amen. Go ahead and have your seats if you would, or you could stand. I have to stand the whole time. Every minute of it for two services, and you complain. No. So... Here's the thing I want you to understand. We live in a world that is trying to change our name. Now, let's go to like, like the big C, the Christian. Let's talk about us. So as a Christian, they will call you things like this. They'll call you a hater. Why? Because you have drawn a line in the sand when it comes to sin. And so because of that, y'all are hate. You're, you're drinking haterade, right? And they will look at you and try to label you as haters. Why? Because you're saying, no, I don't live by your standard. The word of God says this, and that's the less. I just know God has called me to something more. That's all. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm not trying to look down on you. I just know God has called me to something. Every shout, more. But the world will say, you're a hater for that. They'll try to rename you. No, that's not a Christ follower. That's not somebody who's under the subjection of Jesus, trying to walk out his character in the earth, which you can't do on your own. The Holy Spirit helps you do that. But that, no, 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 you're just a hater. You know, you don't want to do this with them, well, you're a hater. You don't want to do that with them, well, you're a hater. Does that make sense? You know, they're trying to relabel us. And I hate to do they and us. How many sermons you've ever heard me preach in 12 years, 13 years of they and us? I just don't, you know, because I know we're all messed up. I know we all need the things of God to get us there. Amen. And I don't fault sinners. I tell you all the time, sinner sin, cats meow, dogs bark, sinner sin. Amen? I'm not trying. All I'm saying, though, is there is a line of demarcation that's happening that is trying to, uh, it's not just a line, it's a circle that's trying to besiege the church and point inside to everything inside and say, those people, they're haters. And I'm just about fed up. I'm tired of it, you know? 
They'll call you incompassionate because you value the sanctity of life from conception to the grave. Well, you have no compassion. You don't understand. No, I get it. My heart is grieves, and I understand. But don't call me incompassionate just because I want to see babies from conception to the grave be taken care of and tended to well. The world, they'll call you intolerant. Because your opinion rubs up against theirs. And somehow there's only room for tolerance to be on one side, and that side isn't yours. Drives me crazy. Guess what? It's a renaming, y'all. It's a renaming. It's looking at Daniel and saying, you're not Daniel any longer. There's an identity God gave you that's wrapped up in purpose. But you know what? I'm going to call you Belteshazzar. you're, You're not... Hananiah anymore. I'm going to call you Shadrach. You're, you're not Mishael anymore. You're going to be Meshach. You're not Azariah. You're going to be, everybody say, Abednego. That's who you're going to be, you know? And I believe that's happening. There's this besieging. There's this pulling away. All these things that I see in Daniel that was happening to these young men, I believe it's happening now. And as long as your opinion bows to theirs, they remain tolerant. But as soon as you don't have the same opinion, somehow we're intolerant. I'm a little frustrated with it. Amen? Amen? Tolerance, 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 tolerance. But as soon as you say something, intolerance, 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 intolerance. Guess what that is? Shout, it's the devil. It's the way the enemy works. He besieges. He tries to to hem you in, rob you from supply, provision, going in and going out. And then he starts to take your best. And then he starts to try to give you a different name, a different identity. Something that you're not. Something less than the identity God's given you. Something less than the purpose God has called and placed upon you. The changing of their names was an attempt by the enemy to cause these men to lose identity and rob them of purpose. I can almost hear them saying, Ashpenaz, the chief of the eunuchs, come on, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come on, guys, Belteshazzar, come on, just go with the flow. Just, you know what, it's not that big a deal. You know, it's like, come on, you're in a new environment. I know how it used to be. I know how things were. I know where you come from, but, you know, they ain't around. They're not, the priest isn't around. Come on, just, just, just go with the flow. Just come on. This is the new normal, guys. This is what it's supposed to Enjoy the fat. Enjoy the stuff of the king. Come on. This is the will of the greater community, guys. This is, look what we're all doing. Now, this becomes the new standard, and I know it may not be what you're used to, but it's okay because it's the new standard, and this is the community, and so in our community, we judge ourselves by ourselves, and so, but I don't remember the Bible ever saying that. I don't judge myself by myself. I judge myself by God. I judge myself by his word. Amen? But no, 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 no. Come on, guys. This is our new community. Look, all the other young people from all the other exiled lands that have come here. Look, look, look. Just, just go with the flow. Just, it's all right. This is the new norm. It's the new community. This is who we are now. Hmm. But the thing is, God's call on their life never changed. The word over each of these men's life was the same, because God is the same. Everybody shout, yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. This idea of a new community, and we create our own new rules, and it's an evolving sense of, of standards. 
Where in the hell does that come from? I just said where it comes from. I wasn't being euphemistic and I wasn't being vulgar. I'm saying straight from hell that's where that comes from. There's been a standard that has worked for people's lives for thousands of years. Not just Christians, but Jew alike. Amen? For thousands of years. But now there's people that think we can create a different standard, a different thing, a different way. Because this is what our community decides. Hmm. Listen, can I just say it this way? You weren't called to fit in. (laughs) You weren't called to fit in. You weren't called to be anything less than a child of God. God raised up a remnant in this moment to stand in contrast from the Babylonians around them. And I believe God is raising up a standard today as well. Amen? The Babylonians, with all their ability, they tried to strip the identity, that spiritual identity that these young men possessed. And from them, they tried to just infuse upon them their wishes and their convictions but men like Daniel, and I don't even want to say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, men like Daniel and Hananiah and Azariah, and we should from now on just never refer to them as Shadrach, Meshach, and nope, nope, nope. Remember those three men in the fiery furnace? Remember, remember Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah? Remember those? Let's all, can we got to practice that? Everybody say Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You do better than me. Say it one more time. Hananiah. <laughs> Mishael and Azariah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's their Jewish names. There's an identity there. We're going to look at here in a second. There's a purpose behind that that I believe was setting them apart. And they were just acting out the purpose of God on their life. They were just acting out. It'd be almost like this. Like, like we're called Christians. And it would almost be like, that's what we act like. That's novel. We're called Christians. And guess what? We act like Jesus. Oh, well, we struggle. I get that. But, but, but that would be amazing. That's how this was. God put a purpose and identity upon them, and they're just living out that purpose. They just can't shake themselves from the purpose that God has on their lives. These were men who would not compromise. These were men who would not bow down to the desires of a lesser king because they had a relationship with the king of kings. These here were men to whom fire didn't phase, and the lions they didn't, that roar of the lions didn't last. They were able to just continue to move on in their conviction and be able to see God shut the lion's mouth and keep the flames from burning them. Men whom from the start knew who they were, and nothing was going to rob them of that identity or from that connection that they had with their God. These were uncommon men. I mean, it's not because they were special. They just knew who they were. That's all. And sometimes I think we don't know who we are because we just don't get in here enough. We let the world tell us everything about who we are, but we just don't get in here enough. I'm going to talk about that here in a few weeks ago when I talk about, a few weeks from now when I talk about, about uncommon purity. Because the world wants to tell you some stuff, but God has a word over your life, amen? I believe these are the kind of people that literally change a room and in doing so change a realm. I want to say that again. I don't want you to miss that. These are the kind of people that change a room, and in the midst of that, it changes a realm. When this kingdom needed a word from the Lord, who would they call? Daniel. When this kingdom needed to know who the God is that is the God, who do they begin to declare by the end of this story? We saw it a few weeks ago. God, Jehovah God, our God. Amen? And so that realm was changing. Daniel was put in leadership. All the other three were put into leadership. The realm was changing. And I believe I'm looking at some people in this room this morning that God wants a change in this room to happen today so that a change in the realm of your family will start to happen. 
You stop being king and let him be king. You only need one king, and his name is Jesus. And so start to have that kind of mindset in here. And next thing you know, the realm of your employment will change. The realm of your, 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 your school, kids, it'll change. When you start to get what's in this room right now, this, this, your identity that's here that we're declaring, sometimes we hear it on Sunday, yeah, that's who I am. And then Monday through Saturday, you just buy into the lie of the world. But no, what we experience in this room ought to change our, our realms, those things that try to have authority in our life, those things that try to have um, 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 power in our life, because the realm is always linked to authority and power and rulership. And so I'm talking about people in this room who want to live uncommon lives. What does it look like to live that uncommon life? Our sub kind of quote over this series the whole time is that it's a call to live differently. It's okay to live differently. You don't have to be like every Joe Schmo. Amen? Amen? You, you, God has called you to have a different kind of lifestyle. And Daniel modeled that. Daniel, the word tells us that he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. All these opportunities to take from the king, with those opportunities came sex. With those opportunities came all this food. With the opportunities came all this power. With all the opportunities came the luxuries of being in the court. Because of their excellence, they were even invited in closer, you know? And because of that, they had opportunity to everything, but he purposed in his heart not to be defiled. Can we say that? God? Say it again. God? God not to be defiled. Say it again. God? God? I will purpose in my heart not to be defiled. Amen. And so Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, these, these men, as they were given these names, it was common for captives to be given a new name, for foreign slaves to be given a new name. And the reason why is because that new name was a symbol that they were under subjection to a new leader. All I got to say is there's a name that's over you. You're a Christ follower, and nobody should be able to try to take that. Or diminish what that means. Or rob the purpose of that. Amen? No one should be able to try to do that. But it happens every day. <clears throat> but Daniel, he wouldn't let them. Man, he stood fast that he was going to do what he was going to do. Look at this here in Daniel 1, verse 12. Test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. You know it's the Holy Spirit. Because it's vegetables. Only Jesus would allow, would help. We have vegans in this church, and they're more holy than the rest of us. You, ha you have to be more holy to be a vegan. You just have to, because there's no physical, earthly way that you cannot be a vegan without the power of the holy. No, I'm teasing. I just, at least in my mind, it's like, I, I, I love meat. I do, I do. But listen, it says these vegetables and water. Then let our appearances and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this manner and he tested them for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. Just had something pop in my mind. I'm going to go there. This isn't something that we can build a whole theology on. But do you know how many days it was from the time Jesus gave them a word to his disciples to go wait in a city in the upper room for the baptism, for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them? It was 10 days. There's something about responding to the word of the Lord in obedience. God told them not to touch that. He said, give us 10 days. Give us 10 days. 
And watch what happens at the end of that 10 days. This is so cool. Um, at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance, fatter in flesh than all those who ate the king's food. In Daniel 1.19, and the king spoke with them. Among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They stood before the king. And watch this. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired them, he found them 10 times better. Like, like to me, I almost picture this almost like, um, again, this is just coming to me right now. Um, those men were great disciples. I mean, even Jesus didn't even want them to go witness. They got involved. They were 10 times more better. I'm serious. I mean, even Jesus didn't even want them to go witness until they got touched with the power of God. You know, I would think if Jesus was ascending on high and 500 folks see that, it would be like, I'm going to tell my friend now. I just saw somebody float up and gone. What a thing to say. Jesus is like, no, go, go wait. Go wait for me. They didn't know it was going to be 10 days. 10 days later, the power of the Holy Spirit touched them. And guess what? It anointed the church to be the church. It anointed the church to be Christ followers that actually had the same power that Christ walked in. Not their own, but Christ. Through the Holy Spirit, they were able to do. And Jesus even said, you all do greater things than I do. Isn't that neat? So we see a kind of a little type and shadow of that right here, that these folks are being obedient, and 10 days later, God's touching them, and God's giving them ability that's supernatural. Listen, God blessed them spiritually when they took a stand for him physically. I want to challenge you. What are some things that you need to take a stand for physically? What are some of those things in your life? Because I do, I believe God wants to bring uncommon blessing. That was uncommon blessing. That was supernatural blessing that took place right there. I want to ask God like, to, to do those things in my life. And so what is it that you need to do physically that you'll see God do respond in spiritual things? Amen? So watch the, the miracle here. It says here that 10 times better than all the magicians, the enchanters that were in all his kingdom. They, they, they were moving in better things than those who were the norm. Those who were the status quo. That was their, their life. That's how you're supposed to live. That's how you're supposed to be spiritual. That's how you're supposed to seek things through the enchanters and such. No, no, they were walking better because they said we will not eat of the king's table. Let me ask you this question just to ponder this morning. What are the kings of this world trying to feed you? What are they trying to feed you? I mean, materialism, lust, you know, the kings of this world, pride, arrogance, Esteem that's completely rooted in ourselves and our abilities. What's the, the, the rulers of this world? And it's not, I don't think it's an, a, a, an accident that this is a king that we're talking about here because they're still kings, they're still rulers of this world. The Bible calls them principalities and powers, high things that try to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. These things that need to be cast down and put under subjection to what? Our opinion? No, the word of God. Amen. And so we can see here, what are those kings that are trying to, to feed you? Well, for Daniel, let's kind of get into this. It's a little bit of feeding that's going on. Daniel, I told you a couple weeks ago, and you can watch that sermon. I'm not going to go too deep into it today. I said that Daniel, his name means God is my judge. That's what his name means. God is the one who judges me. And I would say, yes, he is. God is the one who judges me. I told you three weeks ago, I think it was, that, that we have a culture that says only God can judge me. And usually that's like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I don't care. I have no stand. I don't have a standard. I'm going to do what I, I, you're not going to tell me, Matthew, how to live my life. This isn't going to tell me how to, so I'll tell you right now, sure as heck, no preacher going to tell me how to live my life because God is my judge. Man, you see how close it is? It's this close, but that's how the deceiver works. It's this close. God is my judge. judge. Not only God is my judge, you know, only God can judge. No, 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 no. God has judged you. 
Amen? And guess what? God has judged me. And I'm thankful that in that judgment I found wanting, and in that judgment I found Jesus so that his blood would cover my sins. Amen? And yes, I still struggle, and yes, I still sin. No, I'm not perfect. Amy, think that. Yes, I reckon, but I'm not, okay? But in that, yes, I recognize he's my judge. I am accountable to God. He's my judge. And so what Belteshazzar means is Bel protect the king. Bel protect the king. Bel was their, their number one god for the Babylonians. Bel protect the king. And if you get deeper into the, the, the entomology of all that, that, that Bel protect the king, it really means Bel is my treasure and my provision. Bel provides the treasure for the king and the provision for the king. In other words, he is my supply. He is my everything. And so they're trying to let Daniel know, forget that God is your judge. Forget that you're accountable to Jehovah. Forget that. Realize that all that you need is wrapped up in Bell. We have everything for you. We'll bring your satisfaction. We'll bring your joy. We'll, we'll bring your protection, your strength, your peace. It's time that we make a decision as Christ followers to stop letting everything be our provision that's not from God. But I need peace, so I go to booze. Man, my heart breaks for you if you're an alcoholic. I get that, totally. I go to food. I understand, all right? I get that. And so when it comes down to it, but God, I don't want that to be my, 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 my peace. I don't want that to be my strength. I don't want that to be my joy. Same way with you, whatever it might be, that thing that tries to come in and say, I'll take care of you, but you know it's outside of God's best. Don't be satisfied with that lie. They want him to think that his treasure and his source was these false gods. Daniel, forget your source. Forget what fulfills you. This world wants you to think that your treasure is found in what it has to offer you. But listen, we are called out to be different. We're called out to be uncommon. We may be in Babylon, but Babylon does not have to be in us. Amen? Amen? Can I just say you weren't called to blend in? You were called to be uncommon. You were called to stand out. Daniel, he was a man of principle and a man of purpose. He was a man that realized that Jehovah was his judge, and he wasn't going to fall into the trap that lesser gods had something to offer him. He wasn't going to fall into the trap that lesser gods were his source. His name, literally, Daniel, Daniel reminded him of his responsibility that Jehovah would be his judge, that he is in Babylon, but he is going to be accountable to God. Let me just say it to you. You may be in Babylon, but you are accountable to God. Amen? There were certain expectations from God, and when you miss it, guess what? God judges you. I'm not saying it's not under the blood, but God judges that. Somewhere along the line, the church has forgotten about judgment. I love that we preach about unconditional love, amen? I love that, 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 that love, like that agape love that's unconditional is going to be preached grace. And probably 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 sermons you ever hear here is going to be love and grace, you know? That agape love, that good grace of God. But guys, grace has got greasy and agape has got sloppy and it's it's time for that to change in the church. Amen. We've got to be a people that realize God is our judge. You know what? There's some things I can't do. You know why? Because I'm held accountable to God. I am not my own. I've been bought with the price. That's the blood that was shed for me. That's the price. That's what's covering all this junk in my life. Why would I try to step away from all that stuff? No, no. I'm not my own. Own. And so he refused to be compromised because he owned the idea that God was his judge and that he had to be accountable.
Can I ask you, how would we live if we actually believed that there was a judgment day coming? How would that cause us to walk in life? Now, people will say, yeah, but if you get too far in that, then you just live in legalism. You're absolutely right. You're, man, and that's why we don't preach legalism here. Amen? Amen? We don't. You know, we want you to have makeup on. I mean, especially if the bar needs paint, put the makeup on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I tease. I, I, I'm kidding. I, I tease. I joke. I, I kid because I love. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, we went to a tent revival, and this woman, I couldn't tell what was wrong with her legs. And um, I kept looking at them, and Daddy's like, stop, stop. I was probably 12 years old. But I'm looking at this woman's legs, not because they were like nice legs, but because it was like freaking me out. And so we get in the car, I'm like, Dad, what was wrong with that woman's legs? Oh, she had hair under her hose. I said, what? He goes, she holiness. She's holiness. If you're holiness, buy a freaking razor, please. And if you don't, don't put hose on. Put some jeans on. Cover that. Like, it messed my brain up as a 12-year-old. I was just like, what is, like, hose aren't supposed to be puffy. You know, whatever. So it was weird. Somehow we get some legalism involved and things get really weird. And so please know, if this is your first time here, you have a pastor that's very balanced, okay? But I just... I just, no, but um, don't shave my legs, and sometimes I do, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a centrist that way. No, no, but um, legalism isn't where it's at, you know, but guess what? Legalism's not where it's at, but licentiousness isn't either. Licentiousness means loose living. No, 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 there's a, there's a, a line of accountability, and that's not a line for me to make up. I wish I could, because there's some things I would tell you, hey, this is awesome, this is great, but I can't. The line was set. Why? Everybody say, because God is our judge. Amen. Amen. And he knew that Jehovah, he knew that when it came to his life, that he was accountable to Jehovah and that Jehovah was the one that brought his treasure. Jehovah was the one that brought his provision, that Jehovah had his heart and he wasn't afraid of his judge. He was in love with his judge. He wasn't afraid of God. He did what he did because God was so good to him. Amen? He went to three times a day seeking the face of God. Remember the sermon a few weeks ago? Seeking the face of God because that fellowship was so rich. If there's lesser kings in this world that captivate our heart, it's just because you haven't found that fellowship that's so rich. Amen? Amen. Hananiah, let's look at Hananiah. His name means God has favored. God has favored. Isn't that beautiful? To have a name like, yeah, I'm favored. My name means favor. You know what Ross means? Strong horse. It comes, from, it, it, it comes from the Yiddish, no, it doesn't come from, it's just my mom and dad, I don't, I don't know why they called me Ross, they weren't even friends, fans of friends, that wasn't around yet, but, but it really does, it means, I think it means red, to Rudy Red Strong Horse, it just, it gets worse, but, but his name, you wake up in the morning, man, Hannah and I wake up in the morning going, man, I'm favored of God, it's my name, Hi. How are you? I'm favored of God. Wouldn't that be a <laughs> We joke about that in the church, blessed and highly favored. But this guy's accurate. Like, he's really like, hi, I'm favored of God. Shut your face. Are you, like, no wonder these people didn't like him, you know? We're going to change your name, boy. But truly, God had spoke over him that he was Hananiah, that he was favored of God. But guess what? They gave him a name called Shadrach, which meant that he was royal, great, and a brilliant scribe. And that sounds good because doesn't that mean, well, okay, I'm favored of God, so I'm these things. No, no, no. It was the idea of humanism. They want him to think, look how special you are. If you look at the beginning of, of, of chapter one, you're going to see the list. I think it's um, 
seven, it might be nine qualifications that these young men had to face. They were the cream of the crop. This guy truly, man, you, your, your name, Shadrach, man, you are cream of the crop. You are brilliant. You are great. You are amazing. You're royal. And so that's how we live sometimes in this world. I've got there on, I'm brilliant. I'm great. I'm where I am because of who I am. I've got there on my own strength, and that is a strong spirit over our world, you know? Can I tell you this, though? Ashpenaz might have picked them, but God appointed them. You don't know how deep that was right there, Pastor Marvin. You don't know how deep that was. People just act like that was a little, little something, something. That, that right there, I'm telling you, that man might have picked them, but God appointed them. You're not where you're at at your job because they picked you. You're at where you're at at your job because God appointed you. You're not, you're not married to who you're married because God just, or they just picked you. No, no, you're with who you are with because God appointed you. That's a whole different thing. Amen? And God don't make bad appointments. I might miss an appointment. He doesn't. Man, there's some stuff there you need to meditate on. I know I don't even have all the stuff I need to think about through that. But it wasn't because of his skill. It wasn't because he was royal and great. It wasn't because of his connections. He was where he was because of the favor of the Lord, period. And Psalm 512, it says, for you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. This idea of this covering, this favor, I would rather have God's favor than anything. God's favor, we saw in this story, it'll get you through a fire. Yes, it will. (laughs) Amen. I need you to shout, I have favor. favor. Shout like you want to own that. I have favor. favor. You know, you couldn't change Hananiah's mind. He knew he was walking in what he was walking in. He knew it because of the favor of the Lord. He knew that maybe God had set him and his compatriots apart, and they may be people looking like it's not fair, but it's not always fair. Favor is not always fair. But I only have what I have because of the favor of the Lord. He knew that. Now watch. An opportunity came for him to bow down to lesser things. But with the favor on his life, how could he bow down to anything less than Jehovah? God's favor's on me. You, you didn't put me where I'm at. God has appointed me. God's favor's on me. How could I bow down to this statue? No, no. And you're going to threaten fire? I've got the God in me that created fire. Really, the elements, you're going to throw elements at me? I'm sorry, God spoke it was. That's who's in me. That's who I have favor. That's who's appointed me to be here. I don't have to listen to what you're telling me. That's why when some of you get a little crazy in here during worship, I get it. The reason why is because some of you folk, you understand the revelation that God has given you favor. And for some of you, you'll dance. And for some of you, you'll shout. And, and if you're like us at our church, we just don't articulate stuff. We just go, woo! You know, it's like a Ric Flair worship service at Momentum. <laughs> woo! You know, you can say hallelujah. You can say praise God. But we just, we're just, I don't know. I just love it. I love it, though. I think it's awesome. I'll have pastor friends come. You all were whooping last week. And Jacob was like, man, these, fun, these are fun people to preach to. I said, I know they whoop. Everybody whoop one time. Just whoop. Yeah, see, that's a good, it makes man, limousine driving, no, I'm sorry, okay, so when it comes down to it, God's favor gets on you, I want you to show up next Sunday ready to praise, okay, I don't, I'm not going to give you any more to that, just show up next week ready, we're going to have some uncommon honor in here for the Lord, but, but I just want you to come in here next week ready to worship, okay, so ladies, you might want some softer shoes, but just, just, 
You might want some softer shoes. It is, it is 2020, you know, almost. I mean, it's, no. But just, just, just get here. I want everybody here next week. Don't miss next week. I mean, we're going we're gonna to really just show honor to God next week. It's going to be awesome. And so listen here. 27 years ago today, this weekend, is when I packed all my stuff. It was on Friday. I packed everything I owned in an 84 Buick Skyhawk, and, and I moved about eight and a half, nine hours away to be the intern at a church, to be their worship leader. It was really bad. <laughs> but to be their worship leader. And, um, and, I, and that's when I started ministry, you know? I mean, it was, it was, I've been doing this for 20, I can't believe it. This is the weekend that I went, and I never asked the pastor, how many people do you have in your church? Never asked him. I just felt like that's where I was supposed to go. So Sunday morning comes, I go up, I'm waiting for folk to come in, and it's about a two-year-old church plant, wonderful. This pastor's still my friend. They've got like three or four locations now, but this was back in the day, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for people to, there's 14 of us. Well, I can lead worship to 14 people, you know. This is right, my, this is good. This is good for me, you know. But guys, listen, I didn't realize there was favor on my life. I didn't realize there was an anointing on my life. I didn't know that. I was just 19 years old, young and dumb. But I started getting out in the community, in the streets. And next thing you know, people started coming. I started a discipleship class. I started teaching about Jesus. They start growing. People start moving the gifts of the Spirit. I'm like, what in the world? The church has grown to about 60 people while I was there that year. I mean, they, it just blew my mind. And with it, it wasn't me. It was favor. I know that. It wasn't because I was brilliant. It wasn't because I was royal or a good scribe. It was just because I was faithful and God had appointed me and when he appointed me I went and I did and as I did God blessed it was because of the favor of the Lord it was the favor of the Lord that allowed that to happen and then a little while later a few hundred people I start to work at a church and over those next years my pastor he told me he said Ross there's an evangelistic event we'll have 300 people get saved at it in the last two years we kept one family each year that's all we've been able to keep I'm hiring you on a Monday that thing's starting on a Sunday night and if you can keep 20 folk by April you get to keep your job six months from now. Well, that don't sound very Jesus-like. <laughs> but he, he had given, been given some, a chunk of money, and he took half of that, and I think they did some for missions, and they, they, they're like, we got $7,500. It's half your salary for the year. And so we're going to, yes, yeah, $7,500. It was $15,600. That was my, my salary. And so I got half a salary to go for it, you know? Not up front. Not up front. And April came, guys, and we kept over 80 people from that one event, 80 people, and that just started a move in that church, and man, we grew 100, 150 people a year, when I left, we were over 1,000, again, it wasn't because of me, but things that I would put my hands to, God just blessed, it was the favor of the Lord, and then we come here to plenty, but you know, yeah, things went slow, we started with two families, and about four years ago, we were about 250, but you know what, we're running just shy of 500 now, come on somebody, in the last few years, it's just doubled, and that's not because of me, that's because of the favor of the Lord, you all know I ain't brilliant enough, but God has done a work, amen, why, because he's appointed us, and it was the favor of the Lord that caused us to double, and it will be the favor of the Lord that walks us into that new sanctuary next year. And it'll be the favor of the Lord that two years later after that, we'll plant a church, and two years after that, another, and two years after that, another, and we'll send y'all out to do the work of the Lord all in this region and around the world, amen? Not because, not because of Shadrach, royal and great and brilliant, no, 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 because of the idea of the word of the Lord upon our lives, amen? Amen? We're just about done. How many want to hear about Mishael? 
Mishael, his name means this, who compares to God? Who compares to God? Man, what a good reminder. Every day, your name means that. And they put Meshach upon him, which means guest of the king. Guest of the king. Listen, it was an attempt to allow him to think and be impressed by Babylon for what Babylon had to offer him. You know, look, you're a guest of the king. Everything that the king has is at your disposal. You're a guest of the king. You're a guest. Shout guest. Yeah, yeah. But he's, no, no. Who compares to God? You had all this because you're a guest of the king. But here's the thing. I might be a guest of the king, but who compares to God? At night, he is heard all day long, all day long, Meshach, 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 Meshach. And he lays in bed and his God speaks, Mishael, who compares to me? I can just see him. I don't know about you. I get hot tears at night. I don't know why. It's a night thing. I just lay there, and God starts to touch my heart, and just hot tears go. And he's like, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm just thinking about how good you are. <laughs> brownie points. Every time the Lord does something, just get brownie points. Try, you know, just think about the goodness of you as a wife. No. But just, the, I can just imagine Mishael laying there. Ah, who compares to you? Who compares to you? You know? Hmm. Who compares to you, Lord? In other words, I'd rather be a child of a king than a guest of a king any day. The guest of a king is going to be asked to leave at some time because a guest will overstay their welcome. But as a child, man, you come, Adelie's getting ready. Oh, don't cry, don't cry. Adelie's getting ready. Oh. She had a bridal shower yesterday. May 11th or somewhere, somewhere around there, May 12th, something like that. She's going to leave my house. But my baby's already told me, her and Zach both, my new baby, baby boy, big Zach. <laughs> they've already told me, it's like, Dad, we're, we're going to be coming on Sundays. Just know that. Have food ready. <laughs> yeah, you, you're right. And you can stay as long as you want, eat as much as you want, because you're not a guest at my house. You're my child. <sighs> but this world wants you to think... They have so much to offer you. Go ahead and take it. Just go ahead. Just take all the world has and act like a guest. But, man, he's the king of kings and the lord of lords, and you're already his child. Look at the world that has to offer and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. Who compares to God? There's nobody like the Lord. And if you don't know that yet, it's just because you don't know him yet. That's all. There's no one like him. No one compares. Who is like my healer? Who is like my deliverer? Who is like my soon coming king? Who is like my savior? Who is like the one that comforts me? Who is like the one that leads me? Who is like the Lord? Amen? No one. Who compares to the Lord? Last guy, Azariah. When it comes to Abednego, Azariah means Jehovah has helped. Jehovah has helped. And God has a plan to help you. But Abednego means a servant of Nebo. Nebo was one of their gods. A servant of Nebo was the Babylonian god of wisdom, agriculture, mind, and science. They were trying to indoctrinate. Remember in the, 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 the school of the, of the eunuchs, they're trying to indoctrinate Azariah to believe that Nebo is what he needs. He's the god of all that you need for your mind. He's the god that all you need for your health, the sciences. He's the god that all you need for your agriculture, for your supply. He's the god that you need for your wisdom. All those things, they're trying to indoctrinate. They're trying to tell him, Nebo will take care of you. But I could hear Azariah saying, no, Jehovah is my help. Jehovah has helped me. It's not your money that will help you. It's not your education that will help you. Those things are good. It's not the wisdom of this world that will help you. No, Jehovah is your help, and you need him. Even David said it this way, I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Amen? Amen. 
And so you may say that he has helped you. And I just want to challenge you with that, man. You're absolutely right, and he will still help you. Is there anybody right here now that's going through something you need some help in from the Lord? Amen. Raise your hand. Anybody? Really, literally. I mean, just in faith, raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. I need some help right now. Amen. Listen, he will help you. Don't run to lesser provisions. Amen. So my challenge to you is not to let this world call you anything but who you are. You're a Christ follower. You walk in uncommon things because you walk in uncommon favor. You walk in uncommon principles because you have an uncommon God. Amen. And I want to challenge you to stay uncommon. Don't try to fit in. Be who God has called you to be. Do what God has called you to do. Live how God has called you to live. Watch God do what he says he can do in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a fiery furnace they went through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But you know what? They came out the other side not even looking like smoke. Reason why is because the same God that they would pray to three days a day, three times a day, that same God was in the fire with them. When they looked in, they saw a fourth man in the fire. I mean, don't expect the fourth man to show up if everything you do every day is just to push the fourth man away. I'm not saying that that he won't, but man, he draws near to those who draw near to him. So please, man, look to him for these things. A night with the lions, and Daniel made a pillow that night out of that pussycat and rested while God kept the jaws of the lion shut. Yeah, he faced stuff, but man, he knew who he was, that God was his judge, and he was going to stay accountable. As we go, just remember that. I want you to receive the challenge to walk uncommon and stay accountable to your God who is your judge. I want you to be reminded that God has favor over your life. I want you to know that no one compares to God. Can I say it this way? Nothing you have or no person you're in a relationship with compares to the Lord. No one. And finally, Azariah, he declares, don't forget that Jehovah, he will help you. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.